And hello, you are listening to episode 82 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. My name is Ryan. And I'm Scarlett, and this is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. (laughs) (laughs) And this is also adult-oriented, which includes language and material that may not be suitable for kids under 18. Uh, We definitely encourage feedback and comment and all that. An easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can also uh, find us on Twitter at hovpodcast. And you can call and leave us a voicemail. That number is 231-846-8420. You could also send us an email at hovpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and, <laughs> okay, we kind of messed up the intro there. And we're also on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash honest.open.vulnerable. Uh, you can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Twitter at inscarletstorm. And I am also on Twitter at inspiration underscore FLO. So, yeah, it, it, would, it wouldn't be... Uh, <laughs> It wouldn't wouldn't be honest, open, and vulnerable if there if there weren't any um, it weren't technical Pickups. glitch Pickups, glitches yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, anyway, um, before we get uh, start started here, I don't want to. Uh, I don't like kind of starting on a down note, but um, this kind of has to be talked. I, Kind of, I feel real compelled to talk about this. Um, one of my, one of the people that I follow on tw- on Twitter, um, she goes by Jane Dro, as in D R O, and it's it's kind of a play on J- on Jane Doe. So um, anyway, um, she recently uh, set it set set it. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> Um, she recently set set up a go uh, GoFundMe um, page, and um, it's it's a bit difficult to talk talk about. Actually, um, she she's uh, re, um, uh, well. I'll I'll put I'll post the link in the show notes. She what what she did? She uh, posted a video, a very personal. Vid- video um it was actually real it was real difficult for me to uh to kind of go go th- to to watch um but uh yeah I, okay i didn't really think this part through <laughs> so, why don't you bring it up and read what was on the <clears throat> yeah 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 there there we go <laughs> we're we're recording a little earlier than normal so we're kind of we're, we're not all with it t- yeah <laughs> yes so so yeah she's uh oh, let me scroll down here so um She's well. The main main reason why I follow her, she's a big a- activist in the medical medical ca- cannabis uh, community and whatnot. And so she posts a lot. She has a lot of videos up on on YouTube where she's like doing product reviews and you know smoke sessions and whatnot. And she's she's really genuine. I mean, I you, there's there's no pretense or anything like that, which that 
that's what's <laughs> I'm an authenticholic. I like I like uh seeing seeing the work from uh people that are gen- being genuinely themselves. And so anyway, she recently posted a video where she of her um her experience of uh of, of abuse by her for, by her uh ex-husband and yeah. <laughs> And, and sorry, I just had a bit of a flashback there. So, um, so yeah, I'll, as I said, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, pl- definitely check it out and co- and consider help helping her out because she's in she's she's in a really tough spot. <laughs> so, I um, so yeah, I just wanted to say say that right up right at the top, just to kind of do what I can to help, help her out and whatnot. Um, so anyway, now that I brought the room down, <laughs> um, Matthew is back, back in the studio. <laughs> and good morning, ladies and gentlemen, out there in podcast land. It's a bright and sunny Sunday morning here in the Mile High City. <laughs> Not really. It's a little cloudy. Yeah, yeah. They, they was... don't need to know that. <laughs> Or being authentic, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually pretty, uh, pretty foggy when I when I woke up this morning. So anyway, <laughs> I, yes. again, you know, it was pretty foggy earlier today, but the fog is starting to burn off a bit. The sun is starting to come out, and we're in for a fantastic Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and so now with uh, that, we have the we'll go with our segment uh, about these scribbles. <laughs> So, okay. Well, uh, that's uh, going to be a bit of a challenge to kind of bring the room up a little bit after. Uh, yeah, I apologize for this that. This is kind of going to be a downer, I think. Anyway. Well, let's you know. Well, anyway. let's let's certainly hope not. Uh, on on that note, I'd like to wish everybody in podcast land happy Dia de los Muertos starting today. Uh, and for those of you who are going to be dressing up tomorrow, happy Halloween a day early. <laughs> There hasn't been a lot of uh, a lot of traction in uh, in the uh, in the wide world of Matthew Scribbles over the past uh, few weeks. Uh, okay. I was I was uh, doing a lot of traveling the last uh, last month. I was in Boston at the end of uh, September and uh, did a whole wide tour of the New England territory. And just recently, I was in the uh, Michigan area and. Spent a little bit of time up in Canada, so I've been busy with a lot of other projects. And now that a lot of my traveling for the for the year is over, I am going to be starting uh, beginning on November first the global uh, participation in National Novel Writing Month. Oh, Nano Remo, yeah. exactly. So I suppose I can look at this as my uh, my downtime to ramp up for such a monumental effort. And for those that may not be aware of what NaNoWriMo is, it is a global uh, novel writing initiative that encourages all participants to create a a work of literacy, whether uh, it's nonfiction, fiction, the, the genre is really of uh, no no consequence or relevance. It can be whatever the uh, the writers choose it to be beginning on November 1st, running through November 30th, and the content has to be a minimum of 50,000 words. Oh, wow. 
So that's it, a lot. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a, a pretty uh, substantial amount. And what what does that transfer to in terms of like pages? That's As, assuming Times New Roman twelve point font. <laughs> for those that are writing in twelve twelve point font well, Times New Roman, that would most likely be on average, and I would say roughly a hundred pages. Okay. I do not write in twelve point. I actually write in ten. Ah. So for me, that's roughly on average mid seventies okay. in terms of page count. So. The uh, breaking 50,000 words down over a daily average, you're writing roughly just under 1,800 words a day. And when you really can get into a rhythm, you, you can knock out that in at least in an hour if you're really on a good, on a, uh-huh. you know, on a good push there. Um, personally, my best has been just over 2,000 words in an hour. So... It, it can be done, and you can also, there's no rule saying you can't write more than 1,800 words in a day. You can write, right. write as much or as little as you want. You're just going to make it either easier for yourself or you're going to make it harder for yourself. <laughs> right. And having done this now, this is going to be my 13th year in participating in this contest. Uh, and unfortunately, having failed more times than I have succeeded, it really does behoove everybody who is participating to keep themselves on a schedule and make sure that they're not putting off and saying, well, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'm tired. I'm going to work on it more tomorrow because uh-huh. tomorrow becomes more and more tomorrows. And yeah. then they all yeah. become a 50-car pileup on the literacy highway of November 28th. Or a 50,000-word pileup. It could be. This <laughs> <laughs> is the case maybe. Yeah, exactly. So... So that's what my that's what my my uh, my current focus will be starting here in the next couple of days. So it's going to be a little bit quiet on uh, on my uh, on my Instagram account, but I will be uh, attempting to publish some uh, some screenshots of what I'm going to be working on. It was something that I started on last year on my personal Instagram, but I'm going to roll that over and do this on my on my writing account. So folks out there who are following me out there uh, might start seeing some of the work in progress as it's unfolding. So that's where things are. I, I didn't, okay. uh, like I said, I didn't do a whole lot of writing here in the last month, but I do have a couple of, uh, a couple of pieces that I could uh, share, almost quite literally a couple because I only wrote four <laughs> times this month. <laughs> and one of the things that I, I wrote that I really would like to, uh, to mention is uh, in in reference to uh, kind of the the working world and how it uh, how it relates to just uh, folks in general. I I wrote I wrote this, and if uh, the perspective, which I'll get to here in a second, can can look to can look very political, and I'll explain more once this uh, this piece is is read. The only rigged race we have to worry about isn't run by politicians. Really, this race is run round and round, rather regretfully, regarding rats. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that that would definitely be another rigged game for sure. And and I and I did a, a similar um, I actually read a piece very similar to this uh, a few episodes ago when I was uh, 
on the on the podcast, where the 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 construct was using uh, it was a four word story, all be all words beginning with the same letter, and it was essentially the same format. I just expanded it to, well, I just expanded it in size, and I really wrote this not to make a political commentary on on anything, but. It was really that I was really tired that night and I just did not want to go to work the next day. So it was more of an exercise of, well, I really just want to stay home and just not go to work. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as uh, the political climate in recent, well, let's say months, uh, has led to the uh, the opinion that the race is, that, that the system is rigged. And I don't want to delve, delve too much into yeah, that, yeah. but... Really, the what I wanted to focus on was just how the the commonality of the quote unquote rat race. Mm-hmm. How we we get up in the morning, we do our eight to five, whatever our eight to five happens to be, whether it is an eight to five, a ten to six, or an overnight, depending. Yeah, and we just do the same thing over and over for the fact that we you know we need money to pay our bills, we need money to put food in our refrigerator, you know, drive to uh, drive to this job that we that we have. And it just seems that that's just uh, what we do. And that, is that really what we're supposed to – That's is that what our function is here on this planet? Are right. we supposed to just earn a paycheck, pay our bills, follow the rules, and die? <laughs> or are we meant to actually create things and make – Like this podcast. Like this podcast. <laughs> tell a story. Uh, share songs. Share – language, share experiences, travel the world, uh, things that make us grow as people and not just, well, Johnson, you have to fill in, fill out these forms today and I want them on my desk by 3.30 or anything like that. Is that how, is that what we were supposed to do? Is Because right. we didn't get that instruction manual when we uh, got out of school. Yeah. Actually, this uh, reminds me of a video I just recently watched. Um, it was from the 2012 uh, Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And that year, Patton Oswalt did a keynote speech. And, you know, he uh, he he approached it very authentically. I mean, like, he's like, you know, I'm feeling really nervous about this. I normally don't do speeches like, like this. And, you know, normally I'm not too, and, and he, and, and of course being a comedian, he had that ingrained in him. It was like, all right, need, need to laugh every 60 seconds, need to laugh every 60 seconds. And so, um, but anyway, he's like, yeah, I'm terrible at writing speeches. So I wrote two letters. One to uh, the other comedians and creatives out there, and one to the current "quote unquote" gatekeepers, and pretty much the and it was pretty much the same uh, same message all the way through. Is just from to to different people on other on opposite sides of sides of the fence, but. Um, his whole point was, you know, gatekeepers, we don't really need you anymore because of this. And he held up his smartphone. <laughs> I'm my my phone is in the other room, so it just looks like I'm grabbing air right now. <laughs> but because, yes, I'm holding my smartphone up. Okay, now. <laughs> <laughs> but because I mean, pretty pretty soon that's going to be just as good as your as your average you know t- television studio. 
Mm-hmm. Or I mean, it's it's amazing the how good the videos are that I can that I can make make with my smartphone. I mean, you it's it's a portable recording studio. It's and and it you you can pub, publish straight straight from the phone. Mm-hmm. So it he's. So he's very encouraging. It's like, listen, listen, you don't need those people over there. <laughs> make make it yourself. Post post it online, and you know some you know. And he made a point that you know he kind of went went through his own career, and two two words he said a lot were lucky and given. That's and um, you know that that's no longer the case because of the how ubiquitous the internet is and because of uh, smart how how powerful smart smartphone dev- devices are and so yeah I mean it's that so that so that and with with uh, sites like GoFundMe in Indiegogo pa- Patreon I mean you you don't you know you don't need to uh now you no longer need need to make something that's quote unquote good enough according to said said gate gatekeepers you just you just put it out there and people that want that like what what you that enjoy what what you personally want want to make and they they could pay pay you directly so you know that so that that's a way of getting out of the rat race mm-hmm and I think very slowly as uh, the uh, older establishment becomes the newer establishment as time moves forward, we're going to start seeing that shift a lot more. Absolutely. It's just, I suppose it's just a matter of how it, well it will be, uh, one, embraced right. from the younger community and how much it's going to be pushed back on by the older community. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I mean, now we're all the, you know, we're come, we're at like what year 23 after the, I mean, cause the internet became like, I mean, it was real, really public. I'd say by like 93, 94, yeah. I'd, I'd say. So, I mean, we, we have people that <laughs> are coming of quote unquote of age and that have that don't know what life is like before the internet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've just been ingrained ingrained in this. So they may. So I I think they'll they'll pick up on it a lot lot more quickly because they're just like yeah I you know it's it's what they know absolutely <laughs> absolutely I think that's very true especially with uh, and you can divide that in essentially two different benchmarks. The development of uh, public internet, like we we saw it during the early to mid nineties, uh-huh. with uh, dial-up access with Prodigy AOL and those services of the like, and the pro- proliferation of the internet itself as a public, uh, you know, as they referred to it once upon a time, the information superhighway, <laughs> and then the second benchmark being the pro- proliferation of social media. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was essentially a two-stage process where you you had to build the, the groundwork in order for the social media atmosphere, in order for that to take root. And I think now, especially here in the last, I would say, decade, mm-hmm. uh, we're really seeing how that foundation has led to an even more inter- interconnected uh, global society in terms of reaching out and sharing things with people. And there's the, the word of oversharing, and I suppose there is a case to be made for that. Yeah, I'm guilty. 
But <laughs> uh, that comes down to, I guess, uh, just personal preference. I don't yeah. want to say personal yeah. responsibility, but I would say personal preference of how much people choose that of sharing what they, who they are, or what uh, uh, they produce with the world. Right. And and with the with all of the you know with podcasts and and everything you you, you there there's a lower bar because you can you can do exactly what we're doing It's just having a conversation. I mean, you, it doesn't need to be quote unquote produced. You know, it actually as you're as you see on you know regular TV and whatnot because doesn't have to be polished. Exactly, exactly. You can just you know hit hit record, have a conversation, hit stop and post. You know, and 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 you know just it's it's a little more of a meritocracy, mm-hmm. and so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I think with. Uh, with being able to do this, it's uh, especially for artists and creatives. It's almost in a way kind of really knocked down a lot of barriers, and it's changed a lot of the rules, especially for when uh, we were in you know, in college and you know turn of the century, and we had to do things a certain way. We right. had to we had to follow this manuscript. We had to follow this form. We had to mm-hmm. play by these rules. We had to jump through these hoops. And the and the internet and social media uh, proliferation has essentially uh, given the the middle finger to that process. And Pretty say, much, we, yeah. We can do this our own way. Even even when I was coming into the freelance writing market back, um, probably right around, I would say the the early nineties, when the internet was just coming out. Mm-hmm. I remember I was going through a um, I was going through a uh, correspondence course through the Institute of Children's Literature, and I remember out of uh, West Reading, Connecticut, and I remember that they would you know there, there's these rules to follow, and it was just like, no, not so much because we didn't use the internet; we used snail mail to communicate with our editors, and it was just like this would be so much easier if you just use the damn <laughs> internet, right? But, the internet was so new yeah. that we didn't do it that way. And it was just like, but by the end of the time that I was doing the courses, everybody was using the internet and it was that fast and within a three year span uh-huh. and the rules were changing. And it was like, you can't, it's like I had a friend who got me a book called, if you can read, you can write. And it was like, if you can speak, you can write. I was like, well, it's a good thing I can write because I certainly can't talk. Because I'm not a storyteller. I'm a story creator. And there's a difference. Yeah. And it's and it, 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 it's so I don't do well taking. I took a course on uh, from from the Poet Laureate of Colorado. It was taught by that gentleman at that time. And he didn't like the way that I told my stories because I didn't have a neat little ending. My endings were kind of open-ended where you could fill in the blanks because that's, that's how I write. Because that's how life is. Mm-hmm. Life does not have these neat little storybook endings. <laughs> no. And I don't write that way. I don't write my stories that way. And he says, you know, it'd be so much easier if you would just have a... 
you know, your, your, your stories would be so much in, um, more interesting if you had a definitive inter- uh, ending. I was like, that's your opinion. And I don't write that way. And I'm not going to start writing that way because you're this big poet laureate and tell me I have to. Fuck you. And I got to be in that class because I would not do it the way he wanted it done. And I'm not going to have somebody, and I realized right then and there that I'm not going to have somebody tell me how to write. Right. So I realized that, and I realized I'm just not cut out. So I don't take writing courses. Because I'm not going to have somebody tell me how to write. Right. And I realized that, that it's a good thing that I was not a liberal arts major. Now, it just takes a lot of English classes when I was in college. But that was to basically hone my writing skills. That was not to teach me how to write per se. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have somebody teach me how to, Nobody can teach you that creativity in you. You either have it or you don't. You can't learn that creativity, I don't think. I mean, you just, you have that creativity. That creativity is born in you. And to sit there and tell somebody how to create, it's kind of like herding cats. You really, Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't, you can't teach somebody that creative genius. You really can't. You can, you can teach them, the, you can give them the tools, but you can't light that creative right. fire in them. So I think that the internet definitely changed everything because all those rules just went out the window. And I, and I wonder if that guy would have the chutzpah to go up to Tolkien and and tell tell him you can't have an op- and you know look at Fellowship of the Ring and say, no, you can't leave that open-ended. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And it's just, you know. And I've never done the Namoramo. I've never done it. I've, I've always said, oh, I'm going to do it this year. Oh, I'm going to. And I have this one story idea I've been saving. And I've decided I'm going to not do it this year. Um, my original. Because I've been saving it. Oh, I'll do it for Namoramo. Oh, I'll do it for Namoramo. You know what? No, I'm not going to. I'm, I actually have been writing a book. And I've decided I'm going to attempt to, um, it's, it's a collection of poetry and essays and that kind of thing. And I'm not going to finish it, but I'm going to contribute to it. And I'm going to be working on that for November. Okay. And there's no way I'm going to finish it because it's just collections, collection. But I'm going to focus my creative energy to, and it's short stories, flash fictions, that kind of thing. So I'm going to be working on pieces that I can add to it which is a step in the right direction it sounds very much like a a literary safety deposit box yeah i know i'm not going to finish it but i know that i definitely i i need to i need to need to invest the time and at least i can do that Mm -hmm. and so i think that's what i'm going to do rather than try to finish this one story that just my stories usually take a couple of years to finish, literally, and I just know that that's not a good, a better use of my time is to to work on my book that I'm working on. Sure. So that's what I'm going to do with my Namorama investment, <laughs> but I am going to be working on it. So, do you have anything else to share? Uh, well, uh, we made allusions to perspective. Uh, 
earlier today. And uh, over the course of the last couple of months, I've been uh, taking a good look at perspective in my own right. And uh, the default, if you will, is to look at things for me in a bit of a, uh, a, a curious but also kind of critical perspective. And critical doesn't always have to mean negative. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I, I balance that out with a, a tendency, especially to look at people that uh, uh, people, I always try to look for the good in people, but I always tend to find the, uh, the critical in situations. So it's kind of a weird, a really strange uh, uh, dynamic that I have. And I'll have to excuse me, the, uh, my, my example is uh, slow in loading right now, so... <laughs> It, all in all, uh, what this is uh, supposed to be referencing is just how we see things and how we view the world. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to be sharing here in just a moment. Here, here we go. I apologize for the wait. Uh, what a what a world of difference we feel when we see things through the eyes of triumph compared to the lenses of de- lenses of defeat. Perspective can change the world. I'm very, I've grown very fond of that last line. Perspective can change the Absolutely. world. Absolutely, and it's something that I've really had to rely on here in the last few months, given the the things I've kind of been dealing with in my personal life. So, it's easier to uh, kind of cope with the uh, the turbulence of life if you can look at it in a positive way. And I know that's not easy to do, mm-hmm. but uh, we hear these stories about how. What is this world coming to and what have you? But really, I mean, people out there aren't, aren't always so bad. Mm-hmm. You just have to really just keep an eye out for what is good out there, even if it is hard to find. But once you find it, you can appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a couple couple visual uh, mental visualizations I, I do when I find find myself nit, nit, you know, the little problems that, you know, kind of eat at us and everything and anytime anytime i find myself nitpicking at those things i think of well one one of two things or sometimes both of them um one they launched uh either i think it was voyager or voyager 2 when it reached neptune they turned turned it around and took a took a picture you know right right at the earth and took a picture just to kind of get a sense of scale and they showed like on uh, the re- recent series of cosmos with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson they showed uh, they you know showed a zoomed in picture of the earth and like pull, pulled back all the way to where the position was and by the by the time i you know it crossed jupiter which is you know it's like you know you're not you're barely half halfway to neptune i lost track of the earth and so that's one one thing that i visualize um just to well, and the the other one is I envision a the pic, picture of the Milky Way galaxy, which is one amongst billions, and and envision a like a circle around where the sun is. 
and and both both of these I add the caption do you really think your problems are that important and so that yeah <laughs> just thought I'd put that out there mm-hmm. we were talking about that last night we had a little we had a little um I wouldn't say misunderstanding, but we were trying to talk through some something. Yeah, and we were like perspective. It just it doesn't it compromise. We were talking about how mm-hmm. in relationships, you know, each each person sometimes has to give and take, and sometimes it's you, sometimes it's me, and sometimes it's both of us giving a little bit, and then it all kind of was a wash anyway because what we were dealing with, and it's like you know, it's it's all just don't sm- you know you should always you know don't sweat the small stuff when you really look at things it's all small stuff and don't get it's life is so short don't Mm -hmm. just don't don't make a mountain out of a molehill Mm -hmm. you can express how you're feeling but you can do that in a healthy way and it was funny because ryan and i were having he he was we were disagreeing about something Mm -hmm. and so I was trying to, in my head, I was like, okay, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not upset. Um, but my body language was saying something else. So I was trying to get it in my head. Well, how do I articulate what I'm feeling? Um, where my body language is saying one thing and my head saying another and trying to go, okay, I need to say this so that he doesn't think he does, he's not making assumptions. And so it was kind of, it was, if, you know, that conflict uh-huh. sometimes where you're going, this is not really a big deal, but I need to say something, <laughs> and, you know, and how do you say that? So, you know, we had to kind of have that talk and, and we actually had a very adult conversation oh, yeah. and it was fine, but it was just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, but in in relationships sometimes you just have to give a little and take a little and it just you know so it was uh you know but uh but we were talking about perspective and how in the grand scheme of things this is not a big deal just right not a big deal and disappointment is not the same as flaming rage <laughs> so right, it's don't, right. don't don't i'm not upset Anger and disappointment are not the same thing. So let's get that straight. <laughs> you know, so it's just, you know, it's trying to, you know, it's perspective. And yeah. we were talking about the big sun and, and, the, and the grand scheme of things. It's all small stuff. Just let it go. And we'll find a way to compromise, figure it out later for something else. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's just not a big deal, the grand scheme of things. And we are we 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 actually did get something done in the house. Yay us! <laughs> it's a small thing, but at least we got something. So we're making little baby steps. So yay us! So I mean, you know, it's all you know, yeah in in the grand scheme of things. So this you know perspective. You're right. It's 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 all about perspective. And when you have a, a habit of looking at life a certain way, that can be difficult to try and alter your perspective if you've always looked at looked at life like I do through uh, people positively, but your situations critically. So it's it takes some effort yeah. to really try and search for something of redeeming and uh, constructive quality if you're always used to looking at it in a more critical aspect. So that's my own challenge. So. I thought I it, it, 
I don't like to talk about politics, but there was there was during one of the debates, somebody asked Clinton and Trump to say one good thing about each other, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really telling. And they 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 kind of hesitated, both of them, but they were both able to do it. And I think that that speaks to to both of their okay. There is something good in each of them for them to be able to find something good to say about the other candidate. Right. And so just, just perspective. It's all about, okay, you know, okay. Whether you agree with what they said or not, it's just, you know, that, that you should be able to. And when we were, when we were in high school, I had a teacher who said for every put down, we, we practice seven up. So if you put somebody down, then you have to find seven good things to say about that person. That so would be an interesting exercise. So yeah. it made you well. It made you also stop and think. Okay, think. Use your words wisely. Mm-hmm. You can complain about the situation, but you don't talk bad about the actual person. So it's it's kind of using your words wisely. Exactly. And that was just an interesting. I've never forgotten that. That seven up. You know, you just kind of. Okay, well, for every bad thing you say about somebody, you have to find something, seven, seven good things to say. And it does, it helps, it, it stops you from, hmm. <laughs> yeah, falling into that well of negativity. Yeah, yeah. So, and like at work, we have a television in our break room, and they say, don't change the channel, and they don't put it on news, they don't put it on anything. It's the cooking channel and the weather channel. Those are the two channels hey. that we usually watch because there's no negativity coming out of it. Um, you know, no, po- no well, political unless, crap. Unless, no. The, unless the weather channel is like covering some hurricane or whatever. Uh, yeah, we do that <laughs> That's pretty negative. <laughs> especially when it's going to hit Florida, which means that we're going to get uh, all the overflow. Um, because they're going to close down the Florida call center, which actually did happen. But uh, that's just informative news. You know, but um, that kind of thing, you know, we want to keep that negativity to a minimum. And it's okay, you know, we're not, you know, things happen all the time, and we're just like, so we try to keep that, if we catch ourselves being negative, we have a saying, oh, look, rainbows and butterflies, or puppies and rainbows or something because we catch ourselves okay we're we're being negative we need to stop it so we we always catch you know we try to okay knock it off you griped long enough nobody's happy we know nobody's happy now move on you don't need to just keep beating a dead horse you know that negativity will spread like wildfire Mm -hmm. if you're not careful so we just try to we try to nip it in the bud right and I actually, um, there's a thing that I've heard from, um, was, uh, all, anytime you're faced with a, uh, choice as far as you can, as far as how you can, uh, behave in the face of a situation, um, like, like for, for, for instance, um, the, in the debate, you know, to say something positive about the other person, um, the, the thing is always step in the direction of greatest courage. And it's very, it's very courageous to say something that you admire or respect about the person that you're competing against. 
I mean, it's not, it's not easy to do that. I mean, it's very easy to, you know, stay up on your high horse and, yeah, I'm better because of blah, 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 but, you know, so, and, you know, and, and well, Trent, you know, staying positive is definitely a <laughs> greatest move because, I mean, it's easy to get dragged drag down into the muck and be and have angst about stuff in general but you know it it takes again it takes courage to you know look look at the bright side right and to that uh to that you and i see that when when we play hockey every week yeah where we have to face uh, other teams who have players on their rosters who have an incredible skill set and looking at our our uh, our roster and realizing that our skill set may not match the level of our opponents, and it makes it can make for a difficult night from time to time for us. And it has, but we have <laughs> we have to just by nature of the sport, we have to respect that level of skill that our opponents bring, and respect that uh, we will always have to work to try and raise our game to be at that level. Mm-hmm. And in our last game, we actually were very, very fortunate to yeah. play at that same level uh, that our opponents were on last week. And we admittedly had a little bit of help <laughs> with uh, a little bit of uh, absences on on their, on their end of things, but that sure, sure did not take away from their skills. They no, still had... No, not at all. They were still able to play their same game, but we were able to pull it out. And at the end of all of our games, we do a handshake, regardless mm-hmm. yeah. of what penalties were called, whether we disagreed with a, with a call, whether uh, a bad goal was let through on some weird bounce, or... Or that guy ha- hacked up my shins a few times, and, yeah, you know... We can at least put the things that uh, got under our skin aside and respect our opponents for playing hard, and really, really, I mean, that was probably the most thorough and complete compete game we've seen all season long. Well, and and also, and in, in we have to remind ourselves that just like us, they have to work the next day too. Oh yeah, you know. So I mean, there, you know, there's there's no reason to get kind of like, oh, I must beat this guy. It's like, no, he has to go to the office just like you, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> you know. Yep. None of us are getting paid to do this, so you know. <laughs> there's only one person getting paid, and it's the league coordinator, <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you have anything else to share? I did. I have w- one more thing. Speaking of, we're just com- coming upon all these uh, all these connections today. You mentioned stuff about a dead horse. So just because I had only four pieces that I published throughout October doesn't mean that I had unpublished work. Uh-huh. And I had a few unpublished pieces that never made it to my to my account for various reasons. Well, okay, I was tired, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason. Well, it's it's a reason. It's not a good reason. <laughs> So I was trying to uh, find a way to uh, get some of my thoughts together regarding. Uh, again, this was this is more of a commentary on 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 work situations and not necessarily politics or policy or anything of that sort. But uh, Scarlett had mentioned beating a dead horse. <laughs> so this is not about beating a dead horse. However, you can't lead a horse to water and force it to drink. 
Forcing your will on the unwilling leads only to drowning. What now, Horsemaster? Have a drink. You must be thirsty. <laughs> yeah, make me drink, will you? Fine, fine. You drink from, from the ocean, <laughs> asshole. I'm not thirsty right now, but I think you are. <laughs> so I wanted to use that, that image of beating a dead horse. We always think of it from the perspective of the horse, uh-huh. about the horse being beaten down. Well, what does the horse master do if the horse is dead? What's it going to do? Buy a new horse? <laughs> Stare at the dead one for a while? Like, um, oh, so that sucks. Uh, <laughs> now what? <laughs> yeah. So I kind of wanted to take that image and kind of turn it slightly. And now if that person or entity or whomever is beating subject matter or whatever into into the ground to this point where it, it's beyond recognition, it's beyond salvage salvation, whatever you want to use. Uh-huh. Well, what does that person do now in this situation? What is their next move? How do, how do they look at this now corpse of this particular thing, for lack of a better term, and what do they do with it now? Can they go back and revive it? Can they make you resuscitate it? Is it now a zombie horse? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's dead. It is deceased. It is, as Monty Python would say, it is past tense. Yes. (laughs) It has ceased to be. It is an ex-horse. Exactly. (laughs) So that was the perspective I wanted to look at from the, from the, the horse master in this case. Well, now what does that person do? What's their next move? Was it really worth investing that time and effort to, run this, whatever this was, into the ground in such a way. And it forces anybody who, you know, and we all, we're all guilty of that from time to time. It forces, uh, forces us to think, well, was it worth that all that exertion, mm-hmm. all that time, all those resources to just drown, drive this thing so far deep into the ground that now, okay, we, we, can't, we can't do anything here. Now what? What's the next move? Just something that start making people think of whatever situations or realities they're dealing with and just the dogged pursuit of its resolution, which there's something to be said for having drive and focus and determination. Those are all good qualities. Right. And then there's also something to be said about when you step over that line and it becomes unhealthy and it becomes a... Uh, Obsession. <laughs> yeah. An, a, a fixation, if you will. Okay. So uh, that that was what I wanted to uh, start the the conversation on. However, since I never published it, that conversation just kind of stayed with me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that, for myself, I do need to uh, be more mindful of. Yeah, as as you were kind of, kind of I I kept I kept thinking of like trollish. Com- comments on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because that what you described seemed very. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm guilty of doing this, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying this from you know position on a high horse. You know, staying with the <laughs> staying with the theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but uh, it's. 
as I said, I've I've done I've done that before, so I'm very I'm very uh, familiar with the the whole mental the whole headspace you're in while you're while you're doing this, which is why I'm not like angry at at people that that do that. It's just uh, all right, whatever. Okay, moving on. <laughs> and so okay, you're you're kind of stuck stuck in your little gut, you know, not headed in a gutter kind of thing, but you know, you're kind of stuck stuck in your rut kind of, you know, um and my my whole uh appro- approach towards trolley uh, com- or trollish comments on the internet is like, okay, oh, are you done? All right, take another lap. <laughs> and then another thing. It's like, all right, take another lap. <laughs> you know, I don't let it affect affect me that that much. That's, um, just because, again, I've I've been there, and so I kind of have a little more sympathy towards people that do it i just don't act i just, i just don't a- actively part uh participate when i see it happening <laughs> mm-hmm. so just some just uh again something to kind of make people think not necessarily from the person who feels beaten down but by the person who is doing the beat down and say well is this really worth your time and effort is mm-hmm. it is it really what's your perspective and and so i believe you scarlet also um i I believe you also also have a poem to share is that correct yeah i had to put my cat down this week peter and i did Mm. which was not fun she was 16 she was really sick she uh she's been sick for a while so she, um, about a year ago, she got really sick and then bounced back. And this year she got sick and just wasn't going to make it. We think she either had cancer or a kidney failure or something of that nature. And it just took a lot out of her and she just didn't recover. So, uh, Peter's taking it really hard. Um, he always takes putting an animal down really hard, um, this is the third animal he's had to put down since we've been together. And, um, so that's three in what, 10 years. Yeah. Third in about 10 years. And he's, he's taken it really hard. So we, um, he has a little pet cemetery out at his mom's. So he, he buried her and, um, he's having a hard time. But, uh, about, uh, 20 years ago, I wrote a novel, which it's been done for a really long time. I just haven't uh, finished editing it. You're not, as a writer, summer, you're never finished editing. <laughs> every summer I go through and I think, oh, I'm going to finish editing it. And then I get bored. And so back into a box it goes and it sits on a shelf. And I may or may not ever get it published. But it's about the uh, Modoc up Modoc Indian uprising of 1873, and uh, but I have a uh, poem that's part of the story, and I put it in my blog this week, and it's called Grief, and I wrote it about 20 years ago, and it goes along with the novel I wrote, but I was just thinking, it kind of 
it kind of fits. And this is in this is in honor of my cat, which has nothing to do with the novel, but it kind of feel it kind of fits how I was feeling that day, and it kind of fits how Peter has been feeling. So it's called grief. It comes so suddenly with no time to prepare. Tragedy strikes and we're plunged into dark despair. Nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. Nowhere to run to when it's high tide. Waters rise high, shifting the sand, watching in horror as the seas bend and fan. Slowly eating away at your heart and soul like a sandcastle that crumbles under its control. Grief is its name, depression its kin. If you're not careful, it can be like a sin. Like a thief in the night that moves in for the kill, stealing your joy, your faith nearly nil. But joy comes in like a welcome rain. A golden ray shines, and grief is in vain. Hope she comes in splendor, robes of purple velvet, and soothes the pain in unexpected comfort. And that is it. Very nice. Yeah. There are a lot, a lot of visuals there. Yeah. I like that sandcastle imagery. That's really, really uh, relatable to anybody who has built a, a sandcastle and has kind of made the uh, miscalculation of doing it too far in to the mm-hmm. to the water and then just watching it get uh, taken out by a by a wave eventually. And I think that's uh, very apropos to uh, make that uh, connection. Yeah, the um, the story is about a girl who um, loses her parents, so she uh, she writes a lot of poetry about her her story. So she writes a lot of poetry to kind of cope with what happens to her, and that's one of the things she writes as she's dealing with losing her brother. It starts out with her brother first, so she loses all her family members. It's quite tragic, because, yeah, <laughs> I write like that. But I write historical fiction, so I write a lot of real-life stuff that actually happened to people and fictionalize it. So, But anyway, I just thought I would share that. It's my one little info. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. <laughs> so, and... And well, I kind of men- mentioned this uh, in our previous episode, but I kind of gotten into. Well, I I may not have. I don't know. Um, but I recently revisited uh, the Python uh, programming language. And I learned learned that back in when I was in uh, Devry, and just to help you know uh, with. Uh, electronics formulas and calculations and whatnot so you know it it's and so uh, once I uh, graduated I just kind of put put it away and uh, and anyway um, I just out of I guess it's uh, intellectual curiosity I kind of looked started looking into it again and anytime I learn something new I automatically think oh there's there has to be podcasts about this <laughs> and so, um, which actually that kind of, uh, before I kind of go down that vein, um, I've kind of reached the age where I, where I start wondering, you know, when I learn, when I learn something new, I kind of start wondering, okay, what did I just forget? 
Because <laughs> there aren't many brain cells left that are unwritten. <laughs> you know, they're pretty, pretty much at capacity. So I'm like, okay, what memories have I lost? <laughs> it's like, what was he right so I could learn this? <laughs> and so that, um, so through one, you know, one one of the podcasts I partic- particularly in- enjoy enjoy and so it was kind of a spark of an idea for a future uh, episode of ours and it it's loosely uh, well yeah it's it's loosely affi- affiliated with coding so um it's uh it our conversation will not be centered around coding so don't worry <laughs> for for the people lis- listening that are not interested in pro- programming code whatsoever you will still enjoy this one <laughs> i would let him do that so, oh i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't worry yeah any 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 time i just scratch the surface about how how linux works you're <laughs> I start to see glassy eyes. If I if I go go into talk about programming coach, I'm just gonna yeah, it'll just be me talk talking to myself in front of a wall, pretty much. <laughs> so, anyway, just wanted to, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of want to bring bring that up. I'm not mentioning specifics at at this point because it's still in, in the works, for, and so we're waiting for confirmation uh not even confirmation but uh we're waiting for contact <laughs> so um we just have a kernel of an idea so yeah yeah that's that's really what what it was so anyway i just wanted to talk about that i mean that's that's kind of where my head head has been has just been lis- uh listening to these podcasts which they're they are about coding but they're not i mean it's kind of like um Coders who have stories. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so... People um, with stories who happen to be into coding as well. Right, Where right. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. So, um, th- yeah, there, there, there were a, f- a few that really kind of went into the weeds, uh, uh, but they're no longer active. They, they had like 20 episodes and like, oh, wait, we can't keep good. All right, we're done. <laughs> or some or something that and like their la- most recent episode was like three years ago. So you know, there's 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 a number of podcasts that are that are co- coding podcasts that are in that. But anyway, I okay. Now I'm going into the weeds. So yes, yeah. I think we're pretty much yeah. We're, Gone enough into the weeds as it is. So, <laughs> so now, um, so where can we, uh, where can people find uh, Math- Matthew Scribbles? You can find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles and stay tuned throughout the month of November for progress on my NaNoWriMo adventure. And I hope that all of you enjoyed me on this. And you, we, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. All those links can be found on the contact page of hovpodcast.net. Uh, you can find uh, us on Twitter at hovpodcast. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable. And you can find, uh, you can leave, yeah, you can email us at hovpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>